0: Welcome to the geek Teak Podcast, where we have had a week. Guys, I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Bij. It has been a week, y'all. It has. Um, today, we had a topic lined up, but it was an evergreen topic, and both of us have had a week. If you can't tell already, I'm fighting off some kind of bug, and vj has been extremely busy so instead we're going to push that evergreen topic off for a couple weeks and we're just going to talk about our week um we're going to kind of expand our geekery a little bit because i finished persona 5 and you finally did your book festival which i finally did yeah you've been leading up to that for weeks so why don't you tell us about that
1: so it it went really well we were expecting we said that our baseline of success was going to be about two thousand people and we we got together we pushed this back a little bit this recording back a little bit because of getting together and doing the debriefing meeting. And we hit our numbers. We got what we needed to do. We should be sitting somewhere between 2,200 and 2,500 people. So just dead center of the 2,000 to 3,000 that we were looking for. So that's really exciting. We were just learning how to do this so it was the first time that our town had ever put put anything on like this and it's our entire county has about ninety thousand people in it so it's not a huge it has a couple of of more urban areas but mostly it's rural so this is something brand new here we had rl stein as the big headliner which was just fantastic i got him to sign my books it was awesome and i got to meet him backstage talk to him and nerd out just a little bit so that was that was super cool he's really funny and really dry he uh he watched the video my wife made him watch part of the video that uh that we put together to announce him coming here back in october and he was watching and she was like oh man i didn't remember this was as long as it was and and his response was yeah and it's getting longer every minute and uh or it and it just keeps getting longer and so i was like rl stein burned my wife that's fantastic (laughs) um but but it was it was a wonderful week we got, a, got to meet all sorts of authors, got to uh, sit and listen to just, we had Tim Crothers introduce his Queen of Cotway book, uh, or the movie based on the book that he wrote, that uh, the movie was done by Disney, at a movie in the park. And then these like hundred people or however many were there, got to sit and watch a movie with the guy. He stayed in the park and watched the movie with this crowd of families. And uh, it was just a, a wonderful experience overall to have all of these people around talking. Uh, Part of my geekery this week, I just wrote down was that I got to hang out with Tobias Buckell, and he's one of my favorite uh, sci-fi authors. And it was his advice in his book *Nascence* that got me my first short story sold. And my Kickstarter for *Birthright* was based on his first Kickstarter because it was a success. So really, the reason that I was able to pay a down payment on my house is because of this guy. And so I made sure I told him that. And so we basically just hung out all day uh, because I was kind of his handler and went to dinner afterwards and uh it it was just fun just overall it never felt like i was pulling almost 14 hour days of work because they went by so quickly and we were just having a good time now on sunday after it was over i collapsed i I passed out multiple times i barely stood up it was that was a much needed rest day where we watched the great british baking championship i think is what we had on when we were awake which is fantastic but yeah the the couple of 14 hour days Makes you want to watch British people bake Yeah I can so understand it was just, that It was just great And you said you learned A lot right Oh I learned so much That's what tonight's Meeting was about Where we just kind of pooled our, our ideas together, realized what was going on, and we realized that we probably had too many authors at the same time, so we need to pare that back, and the way that we had looked at it as putting different venues that you could walk to, we need to keep it consolidated in one place more, or at least closer with an shot of things to make people go to the ones that are further out, and just things like that, just stuff that we thought were going to be easy, because that's how we interact with the community community uh, and the area around that's not how people coming into that space who aren't familiar with it interact with it so we took t- we had tons of ideas tonight new authors to bring in entertainers that kind of thing we've just throwing names out it was it was great like we learned a lot we and just just to the point where we need to get with graphic designers early to have the branding solidified way earlier than we did this time I learned that within the last month that we should have had a graphic designer back last fall as opposed to just having a logo and then working with the designer later. So just small things like that that you don't realize if you've never put on a project of this magnitude before. So it was it was great. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, but that's pretty much all I've done. This week has been uh, has been me running around designing things, finishing up, knocking knocking things off a to-do list that had to do with it and this started on friday at noon and i finished my to-do list at about 10 o'clock on friday morning so i mean cutting it close to the wire but it was i mean it took it was it as i told everybody it was they say it takes a village to raise a baby and it certainly took a village to raise this one (laughs) so we but we got it done Good job. It's nice to have it done, right? Yeah, it's done. Now I'm going to do a couple of cleanup things. Uh, my contract will go a little bit longer to write the final report, basically send it to sponsors, something that we can use to get other sponsors for future events, Use uh, put things together to use to get other vendors there, just that kind of thing. The The stuff that we didn't have before when we were pushing this for people where it was a lot of personality going out it's like hey this is going to be awesome and it now we have data to back up how awesome it is and as a side note you guys know that I love to talk and me rambling here is a pretty good indication of that but I get, and you guys know my personality this this uh, this is me by the way this isn't me putting on for a podcast and I've no we tried that once
0: Because you wanted to see what it would be like if you went more into like a radio mode. And yeah, it does not sound genuine from you at all.
1: No, it does not. I can I have no ability to keep my personality out of out of the way that I speak on here. And that's good. I love that. I love that about the podcast and apparently people love that about me in person because I got a lot and that's how I tried to do with the copy for this festival was trying to have something that was very unique, very upbeat and almost like I don't even know how to put it, just towing that line of almost too slangy and casual but at the same time it, it was it was still very inviting and uh just conversational and still getting the point across and it worked i had so many people telling me that the communications that i have with them in the tone of the festival and and talking with them like this in person was was one of the things that drew that drew them and it made me feel just fantastic that i'd actually succeeded at that because again First time festival, I don't know if that's going to alienate people or not. I mean, I've always said that with students and everybody, you either love me or you hate me. I've had students who have stuck with me for all four years of college, and I've also had students who drop my class 30 minutes after having a syllabus handed to them. And I even had one walk out of the room, salute me, and went, have a nice life. And uh, it just, it's, hit or miss on me babies love me i'm a loud cartoon character or they hate me because i'm a loud cartoon character it's it's either or so i was really happy that the festival went went to the point where it succeeded and and that that big cartoon character drew people in so that's my humble brag but not so humble (laughs) Nice. So for me this week,
0: besides catching this lovely bug that's making me sound so nice in your ears right now. You um,
1: still sound better than I did when I didn't have a voice. You still sound a hundred times better.
0: Hopefully, I'm having some like hot beverage at the moment to get me through this podcast. But I, I wanted to put something out this week. Um, I did finish Persona Five and I also had a crazy work week. So it's not bad that we're having a shorter episode. But I finished Persona Five and I needed to talk about it. So um the last thing that like to talk about before i talk uh the whole game all together is confidants because i didn't really touch on it the last few weeks i've been talking about it and you know social links because you've been playing persona yes. 4 right
1: yes and i haven't really touched it anymore this week i'm still stuck on that first boss because my my vita is still sitting on my couch because of this festival
0: okay so confidants are basically social links but persona okay. 5 instead of the way that social links were for 4 and 3 um but if you guys haven't played the games it's like a unique personal character driven storyline that you unlock slowly over time by spending your free time with characters that you actually care about. so Okay, cool. Yeah, um, and increasing these social links, which are confidants in Persona 5, they give you other bonuses in the game. So if it's a main party member, it's usually like new abilities, new skills, new things that you can use in dungeons and in combat, that kind of thing. If it's not a main party member, it's some kind of tangential improvement. So, you know, if it's one like confidant it might be discounts at a store or like unlocking new things that you can do when you have free time or maybe some of the other ones do tie back into dungeons like there's a politician in persona 5 that improves your negotiation skill so that when you're talking to people when you have them in a holdup like i talked about the holdup mechanic last week yeah you have a higher chance of succeeding and it gives you some bonuses to that so there's all that kind of stuff that ties back into the jrpg mechanics of the game um but yeah, the Confidants are basically the social links of Persona 5, and it's a new name. They call it a confident, Confidant just because it better fits the game, just like I've talked about how it's all about, you know, they're the uh-huh. Phantom Thieves, and it's thievery, and it's sneaking, and it's, you know, stealing people's hearts, and Confidant kind of ties into that. So that's I cool. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um. And it, when you max out one of them, you basically get to see that whole character's story arc. And... It's outside of the main quest. Like you don't have to max out any of your links if you don't want to. But I personally like these better than the main story. And really, it it is probably the number one reason that I loved Persona 4 Golden and the number one reason that I love this game is those character-driven stories. And it doesn't surprise me because I mean, like I said, I liked it in Persona 4 Golden, but I also that's why I I love Mass Effect 2. It's my favorite in the Mass Effect series because the entire game has all of these tangents into characters' personal side stories. And I love that in a game. Like, I love good characters written well where you can go off and, like, learn more about them by interacting with the world and spending time with them.
1: And that was when you were talking about that just now, going into this storyline that you could unlock over time. It reminded me of the older public, Star Wars, the Old Republic, because you go talk to your companions and you got some quests out of doing that. But you just kind of, as you built up the loyalty and the relationship with them, basically raising faction, it, was, it opened up new things that you could do and new conversations. And I loved that. I loved being able to have a personal connection with one co- one companion over another, that very Bioware kind of thing. That was exactly what I thought of as soon as you said that there was a unique storyline. And then you get down to Mass Effect 2, and I'm like, yep okay that's that that i'm glad that i was on the same on the right you know path with that yeah and
0: it's like that but it's taken to an extreme for how much it ties back into the story or not into the story but into the, the gameplay mechanics um okay you know because it's like it's so core to the persona series that these relationships tie back into the game in a multitude of ways and I just I love it. But yeah, like, it's also why I always recommend if you're thinking about playing the Mass Effect series, just start with Mass Effect 2. It's it's like the best one. And it's the best onboarding point for the series. But yeah, I mean, so confidence, right? I, I love that about Persona. But overall, now that I've actually beaten the game, um, I liked the overall story. And I I'm not going to spoil it. Just like I don't want to get too deep into the confidant actual stories, even though they were one of my absolute favorite parts of the game. I don't want to spoil that for anyone who's playing because it's such a rewarding experience to like go through it. Um, but the overall main story, it's it's essentially like I talked about the premise before, but it's empowering people that are being taken advantage of. And a lot of the time that takes the form of kids that are being taken advantage of by adults in all sorts of different ways and circumstances and you stepping in to help out. Um, it's not always just kids. It is like adults and other adults and adults in society. And a lot of the situations are pulled directly from real events that have happened in Japan over the last couple of years, oh. which is fascinating. It's not things that like we have going on here. But if you know just a little bit about what's going on in Japan, things tie back into it. And it it's fascinating just because it's Japanese culture is fascinating to me anyway. Um,
1: Yeah, it is me too. And that was something I, when you say that I was going to, I was going to ask, is it something like pop culture-y type stuff that we would know about, or did you have to research this and find out about it and just read about that online, or did you just know? um, I knew some of it, and then some of it, uh, when people specifically pointed it
0: out, I was like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, Okay. So it was a mixture. You know, I don't live in Japan. Like, I don't know their day-to-day, so... Yeah, there, there are some things that I'm sure I missed tons of it, just because I'm American, you know? But right. I, there was enough of it there that I thought that aspect was interesting. But overall, I mean, like, I liked the end. I liked the overall story. I liked that some of it was about kind of finding joy in darkness, because this game goes to some dark places. But then it also, like, brings characters together, and it's about, like, finding what joy you can get and like what you can do about your circumstances, even if your circumstances are beyond your control, which I I just thought that was really fascinating.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's where I know that you and I have talked a lot outside of the podcast, just about that idea of being happy where you are, just being, being where you are, not even necessarily even being happy with it, just being there and being present. And this is where we are right now and, and kind of dealing with it and just making the best of it. So being able to have it, not necessarily glorified but represented I guess is that that's that's awesome and and really progressive for a JRPG in a lot of ways. That's why I like the Persona stuff is dealing with those those kinds of issues that you don't necessarily get in a lot of the JRPGs like Chrono Trigger or from the old or even newer Final Fantasy games until like 15
0: yeah yeah
1: totally so it's a great game i loved it there's no doubt
0: it's gonna be in my top games of the year when we get to that point um but better
1: than four overall um, now that you've played all the way through it
0: do you like it better than four they're so different i think it depends what kind of mood i'm in which one would come out on top it's kind of like picking between my favorite other JRPGs right like my favorite Final Fantasies yeah. versus my favorite Chrono Trigger but well you know the one Chrono Trigger <laughs> but you know what I mean like it, it depends yeah, what mood dude. you're in and what you're after like I can see circumstances where I would rather go back and play Persona 4 or Persona 5 and I can also see circumstances where you know I would look at both of these and go no nah, I'd rather play Final Fantasy so it, it's yeah. one of those things where like Persona 4 Golden and Persona 5 are in my top JRPG Like, they're in that mix, but on any given day, in any given circumstance, whatever comes out on top is going to be different.
1: That makes sense, because I was thinking back to, like, Mass Effect 1 and 2, where, like, 2 is a better game overall, start there, where with 4, it's everybody loves it, so I was curious. Yeah, I mean, they made a lot of improvements,
0: and there's a lot of things that you can point to and say, this is just objectively better, but it's also, like, it's such a different tone of a game that they're... Like, there's still so much in Persona 4 that I kind of want to go back to and revisit someday. So it doesn't supplant it. It's just another game that's really good in the series. Um, But with all of that said, I would never recommend a Persona game as someone's first JRPG. You know, if you've listened to me talk about it and say it's great, like persona is not a good onboarding point for jrpgs like i could point you to better final fantasy games or hey chrono trigger is always a great place to start and there are more modern well not more modern because this game just came out but there are (laughs) other modern jrpgs that are probably a better place to start it's a really slow burn of a game and it's a long haul and it takes a while to get started um and you have to just commit it's kind of like the feeling of reading an epic novel and when you finally get to the end of it, that feeling of like, I just had a huge accomplishment because of yeah. how much I read, like the, the sheer amount of it. Do you know what I mean? That feeling Uh
1: uh-huh. like it's like when you finish a Brandon Sanderson novel or one of the long Stephen King. It's just like, yep, I did that. That is twelve hundred pages down and. feel satisfied for it
0: right so i'm a super fast reader and this game my total play time was slightly over 68 hours so if you think (sighs) of that that's like a week and a half getting close to two work weeks worth of work if you put it into work, i mean this wasn't work this was fun for me so i don't regret it right but it's it's a lot of time and i say i'm a fast reader because Typically, by the time the person on the screen voice acts the first word of dialogue, I've already read the two or three full lines of dialogue and I'm ready to hit the X button to go to the next line. Like, That's
1: how I am with four. I, am, okay. I get like chirps out of a couple, maybe a couple of words or a chirp just depending and I just X through it so because I, of the same thing. So I say that because if you are a person who
0: actually listens to all of the voice acting, this game is a hundred hour game. Maybe it's 120 or 150 hour game easily. Like it it is a long haul and it is a slow burn, but it is also amazing. And like I totally thought it was worth it, but a lot of people aren't going to, and that's fine, you know? But I I do need to put those caveats around it because like it's not a game for everyone, but it was a game for me, and I, I loved my time with it.
1: I'm glad because when you were talking about it being more excited, for when you were talking about being more excited for it than Zelda, I wanted this game not to disappoint you. That that as your friend, I was like, please, everything that is good in the universe, make this a good game, or else he is going to just get angry, kind of like that disappointment rage that comes with Mass Effect Andromeda, where it's like, man, yeah, and I don't I feel ho- like that I'm at glad all. that this wasn't it
0: cool um so that was that was the biggest thing for my week um we both have smaller geekery but we should probably do our geeky off of the week even in a smaller episode so as always you can help the podcast and help yourself by going to audibletrialcom geek to geek cast you can get a free audiobook it helps the podcast everybody wins my book recommendation this week is actually part of my weekly geekery because i finished it this week it's the collapsing awesome. empire by john Scalzi. have you read this no one spoilers, or seen it no spoilers i haven't
1: read it Okay. I, I'm way this is one that I want to read and just haven't gotten to. Um, I love the old man's war series by John Scalzi. This is the only one that I haven't like since the, I've found them and started reading them. They, uh, after Zoe's tale, I, this is the only one that I just haven't grabbed immediately, even through the serial novel and the novellas that, that he was putting. Out, all that this is the only one that I didn't grab on release day and read. So do you know the premise of this one? Um very basically, but premise is fine. I just don't want big, big, big
0: spoilers. Okay. So it's one of these situations where like the premise doesn't become apparent to the characters until like halfway through the novel. But if oh. I didn't know the premise before I started reading it, I never would have picked it up because otherwise it sounds so generic. Can I tell you the premise anyway?
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, so the premise is this is far future. Um. Humanity mm-hmm. has moved beyond earth and there's, A whole empire and it's interconnected but faster than light travel doesn't actually exist instead there's something called the flow and it lets you go between different points of the flow but only where there are like paths between point a and point b right okay so the whole empire is connected by the flow but you can only go wherever there's a path think of them as like highways or like hyperspace lanes right you can only travel along these predetermined paths wherever the flow is and the whole empire is interconnected and no one part can really live without the other parts because there aren't really any planets in it. It's a bunch of, there's like one planet and then everything else is satellites and like, um, space stations and people over moons or people, you know, like mining asteroids, stuff like that. So besides that one planet, everyone else needs everybody else to survive. And the whole premise of the book is that those flow streams start collapsing. So this empire that is completely interdependent starts to fall apart because you can no longer get to those places. It's just physically impossible. And not a whole lot of that happens, but the start of it happens and people slowly realize it. And it starts to become like, okay, how do they react? What's the fallout? And then what's next? And the book doesn't wrap it up. It's definitely the first one in a series. But I love where this book went, and I, I'm so
1: excited for the next one. And see, I actually looked at this one wrong. I thought it was an old man's war book. No, it's not. I didn't realize it was the first in a series. Yep, it's so a brand new series. That's awesome. I, I really do love Scalzi. We've talked about him a bunch. And so did you listen to this one or did you read this one? I did both. It was one where I, I read it a lot. Okay. And then when I was
0: traveling or I was you know, in my car or whatever, I listened to it.
1: OK, great. So you do recommend the audio, obviously. Yes, obviously. That's why I picked it for the Audible one this week. So, again,
0: com slash geek to geekcast You can get it for free, or you can get any book for free, honestly, and it helps the podcast out. Um, but with that, it's time for Weekly Geekery, the rest of our Weekly Geekery, even though the whole episode yeah. is. Um, what else did you have that was the shorter stuff um, this week?
1: Like I said earlier, I hung out with Tobias Buckell. That was something that I really geeked out about, so it was really cool uh, talking and uh, hanging out like buddies. uh so that was cool. getting him to sign my copy of Nascence. Um, today, I finished up the first three episodes of The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. Have you started this? No, I'm going to. So don't spoil it for me. But it's, my, my okay. wife is watching it and she says that I will like it. And she says it's really good. You
0: will. You will okay. love
1: this, I believe. The third episode. All I'm going to say is that this is a TV show where the third episode made me physically sick that watching it put such a knot in my stomach that I got nauseated from watching this. Um, and when you watch it, you will know why.
0: Okay, that sounds uh, less interesting, is, but I'm still going to check it
1: out. No, no, not gross, politically. Oh, um, okay, I can it handle is, that. Yeah, oh yeah, this is not gross, this is not horror at all. It is pure dystopia. The way that it portrays everything, it put a knot in my stomach. Okay, and tv doesn't have that kind of effect on me very often um so it was great uh i highly suggest it and tomorrow i will be watching the fourth episode whenever it comes on uh hulu tomorrow because it's releasing every wednesday and then i've been playing overwatch that was one of my my things since the book festival went uh went off on saturday and we we did our jobs and when I'm awake on Sunday and, and the last few days, I've just been on Overwatch matches. I'm like, I'm working here and there, and then I need something to clear my head. Just going to play Overwatch. And since today is the last day of the uprising event, I figured might as well try for a couple of skins and got, uh, got one or two of them that I wanted. So th- this was on my
0: degree too, like the, especially the uprising part, because like I love pve way more than i love pvp and right. i i wish they would just make it a permanent part of the game because when they did the halloween event that was like teams versus ai and now mm-hmm. that they did this which is like even more of a team versus ai like i love these events so much but then to go back to pvp afterwards i'm just kind of like i don't like this as much you know?
1: Oh, see, and I was the opposite. I did it a couple of times, and I'm like, "Yeah, this is fine." And then I went back and uh, went into my competitive matches. Okay. And I mean, I just, so- I don't
0: know. I just like the PVE a lot, and it seems like, it seems like we're seeing glimpses of what they wanted the MMO to be. And yes, I like that. Like, I really, really like the teamwork and you know, playing against the computer. Um. I don't know. I just, I'm not a competitive person, especially with my free time. Like, I don't want to compete with people to relax. That's not how I relax. But hey, working working with the team to take down like computers and AI and fight through a level, it kind of gives some of that thrill of, you know, like dungeons and raiding and stuff and MMOs, but without
1: all of the extra
0: like time commitment and junk that goes around an MMO.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really was fun doing that as a group and doing it re- where it really is like a dungeon. And I do hope they make a mode where there is a an assortment of those that you can choose from. And then did you see the Zelda DLC announcement? Uh, yeah, they a gave little bit. Details? It, yeah, I was and, very underwhelmed yes that was why i actually included it on here where there were a couple of things that i like the idea of that i would like to find majora's mask but even the hard mode and things like that i just i I was underwhelmed i i wanted more than that
0: yeah and i mean one of the things i put on here was also a nintendo announcement which was the 2ds xl and yes i know you and i went back and forth on this a little bit this week (laughs) yeah and it's it's one of those things where it's like Nintendo has done this a few times. When they get to the end of a handheld life cycle, when you feel like they should be done making the hardware because it's stupid to make more hardware for the same product line because it's effectively dead, that's where we are with the 3DS and 2DS lifecycle right mm-hmm. now. And they put out the 2DS XL. And it, it's like the Game Boy Advance Micro. Like It yes. is so cool. And it is so awesome. And I wish that this had been available when I first went to buy my 3DS because this looks like the best version of the 3DS or 2DS product line and I wish I had this one instead of my current one like You're absolutely right. That is exactly what it looks like. Yeah, that... it, it looks great. And like I just I wish that this was available from day 1 when they launched that whole product line because I would have chosen this. And that's the yep. thing. Like I'm not going to buy it. Like I have my 3DS and it's, it's a 3DS XL. It's, that's the one I'm running on. I still don't have a new 3DS, which is still a dumb naming I mean convention. And this one
1: runs like the new 3DS because it has the C-stick and all of that involved. So it'll run the new 3DS games. Right. And it's, I mean, it, technically it's the new 2DS XL because Nintendo yes. just
0: is horrible with their naming structure. But... You look at that thing. Like it's a clamshell design. It's 2D. It has a C stick on it, which a lot of the product line doesn't. It's well made, and the clamshell design actually closes all the way. I don't know if you've noticed, but on all of the other clamshell designs, it never quite closes all the way. There's a couple little like bumpers in there that leave a tiny little gap where like dust and stuff can get in. Oh, you're right. It is. Yeah. And this one actually closes all the way. It just it looks so much cleaner. It looks so much better. I wish I owned this one and not the one I own, but I'm not going to go spend more money on it.
1: And for the price point, the $150 seems like a lot for
0: it. But I mean, it's it's comparable to like a 3DS, like a new 3DS XL. It just doesn't have the 3D and it looks right. cooler and slicker and it costs less. So like I said, if this was available when I was looking for my 3DS initially, I would have bought this no questions asked. Yep. Um, And it's one of those things where like, You know, give it 10 years and look back on this whole product line. This is probably going to be the
1: one that's the most sought after, honestly. Just like. Yeah, because it's going to be the one that will be the probably the most sturdy and just the highest quality build because they've got this amount of time to have perfected it yeah just like there
0: are people who are still going out and hunt like Game Boy advance micros because they're so cool and it was such a nice piece of hardware but it didn't come out till the end of the life cycle so there weren't that many out there um i think this is going to be the same way so i just bring it up to say like i love geeking out about hardware it's totally a passion of mine and i think this looks like a fantastic piece of hardware and if you don't own a 3ds or 2ds and you've been thinking about it or you might get one this holiday season because like the whole gaming library is there like they're not going to keep making games for it much more but hey if you missed out and you've been thinking about it like this is the one to pick up it looks fantastic and i just i wish that i had it but i wish that i had it a couple years ago when i went to make
1: my first purchase that's true that that's about the best way to put it it's a little bit late for it quite a bit late for it but still cool but yeah kind of pointless it's nintendo
0: being nintendo and that happens a lot um i also want to mention like i got mario kart 8 deluxe but my week was also crazy I literally have downloaded it and have not even like launched the game yet. It's sitting on my switch, uh, and I will play it. So next week, next week, next week, I'll report back about it. Um, I'm excited about it. And Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is already the best selling Mario Kart game in the entire series. Holy Did you know cow. that? It's, it's no, it
1: Goodness
0: might not gracious. be for units sold yet, but it is the fastest selling one, and. It, that's just incredible to me like that is that is insane yeah it moved like millions and millions of units on day one um holy cow it, it's crazy like the switch is taking off in a way the Wii you never did and that makes me happy because i want yes. nintendo to succeed because that means that they'll make more games for it that means that they'll put more resources behind it and that means more third parties are going to come to it so exactly. all of those things make me happy and i was geeking out about them even though i can't really report back about mario kart 8 deluxe until next week
1: so yeah, woo, stats.
0: So the last thing that I had for the week was the new run of the Rat Queens, and I talked to you about this a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a little bit, like not much at all. Okay, so they had the first run, and it just kind of abruptly paused. It didn't really end, um, right? I and it was there was some kind of dispute between the creators, something with the the writer or the artist or someone did something. I don't and I don't even know. I just know there was some controversy over it. They paused it. And then part of the creative team got let go and then they came back and they kind of started over with a soft reset. And I know I talked about that like a mm-hmm. little bit on the podcast before. Um, and now I've read two full issues of the new run and I don't think I really like it.
1: Oh, no. I know. What's so it what, was, What's so not to like about the new part? It's just not
0: interesting like I don't know it's Uh, it's something about the writing style or the storytelling style like it's just not fast-paced enough or I don't know I I mean I was halfway through the second issue and typically if I'm reading a comic and you know I don't read them that often but usually when I read through a comic I just whip through the thing and it's like there's enough there that it pulls me through the whole comic, and I get to the end, and I'm like, okay, where's the next one? Like, right. That's typically how I feel. That's how a
1: good comic does,
0: yeah. Yeah, and you know, I read them super fast. I don't stop to appreciate the art just because that's the kind of person I am. I basically just read the text and glance at the art, and I move on. So I read comics super fast. Um, so I typically I just whip through them, and I'm like, okay, I enjoyed that. I'm ready for the next one. And halfway through issue two, I was just like do I even want to keep reading this? Like it, there was just nothing compelling there. Um, and it was kind of spinning its wheels a little bit and it was also very predictable. Um, yeah. So I don't know if I'm going to stay subscribed. I might just wait until they get a whole, what's it called? Is it like a volume? A whole arc. A whole arc. Yeah. Um, or a collection or, a. Oh, yeah. man, Rob from the so Comic Box will like, kill me. Yeah, I, Rob
1: I, is going to murder you once they this call time, time.
0: The, the, the like, whole trade? Trade, thank you, yes. Until they get a whole trade's worth of this new run, I'm probably just going to wait, and then I'll pick up a trade and give it one last shot before I write it off. Because yeah. I loved the initial run of the Rat Queens, and i'm just not enjoying this new run at all
1: yeah i mean that's probably the best way to do it because sometimes like like persona it may be a slow burn where they pick up get something fantastic toward the end when they're redoing it and rebooting it like this but who knows yeah hopefully cool so um so that's about it for this week
0: thanks for bearing with us as i'm fighting off whatever and BJ had a crazy week um But for next week, if you want to play along with us at home, we are both going to go watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and we're going to do an episode on it next week. So Uh we'll always do our typical thing up front where we talk about it, non-spoilers. So there's always something for every one of you to listen to. And then we're going to dive into spoilers because we're both going to be fresh off the movie. But if you guys want to, like I said, if you want to play along, go watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 before the episode comes out next week. And... You can play along with us, basically.
1: Play along at home.
0: Exactly. But that'll do it for this week. So you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address, as always, is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek to geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek to geek And I'm sure between us and Rob next week on the subreddit, we're going to be talking all about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm certain about that. And, you know, speaking of Rob, we are part of a podcast network. So if you're not listening to the other shows like the Comic Box or geekitude go over to geek geektogeekcast.net and check out what we've got, and then sign up for the email list where we will be starting to send out email only content and contests very, very soon. Yep. I blog
0: at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grn mushroom that's green mushroom without the e's on twitter
1: and i'm on twitter as at professor Beej. that's beege with two e's and i blog and occasionally podcast at GeekFitness.net.
0: we've been void and beege with your geek geek podcast that'll do it for this week see you next week geeks
1: bye guys bye. Comics. Hey everyone, this is Rob, your friendly neighborhood comic geek, and this is Liam, the the languishing lascivious Liam of Langley. Wow, that was extremely illiterate of you. Well, I try. We are the hosts of the Comic Box, part of the Geek to Geek Podcast Network. So join us. Bop bop.
0: Oh yeah.